you know, as a family office, you just have to know that taxes can be reduced. How are we going to reduce those taxes, right? We're going to buy buildings. We're going to use that accelerated depreciation through mm-hmm. a cost segregation study to bring down our tax liability. And if we don't have any depreciation, maybe we're going to go buy a tax credit and bring it down as well so that our effective tax rate is going to be low. Listen, this is what family offices have been doing forever. Hi, welcome to Ready to Scale Season 3. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. I'm a real estate investor, syndicator, and operator of multifamily properties. And in this season, we're going to focus on dialogues that drive success. Building real wealth is not a fairy tale nor rocket science, but there's so much to learn. So grab a cup of coffee and join me each week for in-depth conversations with successful real estate investors. Conversations that are designed to help you drive your wealth, investment, knowledge, and lifestyle to the next level. And of course, you can always go to my website, elliperlman.com, to read more about investing passively in multifamily. Hello, everyone. This is Ellie Perlman, your host broadcasting from sunny Miami. And today I'm going to host Julio Gonzalez. Julio is the founder of Gonzalez Family Office, and he manages the Gonzalez Family Capital by investing primarily in real estate, private equity, and venture capital. So he's very much diversified across the board. The family office owns multifamily homes and mixed-use offices. And actually, Julio provides high-level alternative tax investment strategies to manage tax liabilities. And I know that a lot of you, the listeners, are very much interested in learning more about tax tactics and strategies. And this is basically what we're going to focus on today. He's a national tax reform expert and the founder and CEO of Engineered Tax Services. And he was featured on Fox News, Forbes, U.S. News, and CNN. Julio, welcome to the show. Well, Ali, thanks for having me and welcome to Florida. Thank you. Thank you so much. So you're not so far away. You're up north in Palm Beach. Yeah, not too far away and open here and business is going well here. Yeah, it was actually really interesting to see how things change from, you know, California, everything was closed and I lived there maybe up to six months ago in Rhode Island, kind of in between. And then you come to Florida sun is shining. The economy, I think, is pretty much booming. I've seen people come here from all around the U.S. because they want to have a taste of, you know, normal life and just everything here seems great. I'm not going to get into the COVID situation, but I can say that it's really great to be here in Florida. I feel the same way. I feel very fortunate. Absolutely. So can you share with me and with the listeners a little bit more about your background and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah. So the firm I started and built is a firm that works with several thousand CPA firms. So when their clients buy real estate, we come in and do the tax credits associated with owning real estate. And as you know, Ali, that Real estate is one of the assets, one of the few investments in the country you actually get to write off, right? So Mm -hmm. if you buy a building for a million dollars, you get a million dollar expense and you get a lot of other tax credits and benefits associated with owning real estate. So that's why so many 
you know, family offices that, you know, have created wealth, they've done it through real estate because you can't write off a stock, you can't write off a bond, you can't expense those, but real estate you can. So you're always getting 50% of your return by just expensing the property. And hopefully you're getting appreciation as well as, you know, other Mm -hmm. benefits from real estate. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what you're doing right now, your main focus is in tax strategies. What would you say is an uncommon or maybe less popular or less known strategy when it comes to sheltering capital through a tax vehicle? Okay. Well, I mean, listen, there's a lot of uh, vehicles. Obviously, most families aren't aware of those. And I think that's where we try to bring that education to the CPA community so they can help their family offices. But listen, we started with real estate. So real estate, we know we can expense. What we do for the real estate community is we do the cost segregation studies so that we determine what Part of the building is non-structural, which tends to be about 40 to 50% of the building. And then that allows us to expense that property, that amount up front. So we can buy a building for a million dollars, have a $500,000 immediate expense up front. We'll then go in and determine how energy efficient the building is. And then that would create an energy tax credit, which then we can use to also preserve our wealth and reduce our tax liabilities. And so we start there and then we determine with the building, do we have a flat roof? Can we bring in 5G cellular income revenue, right? And how do we tax shelter that? I mean, most people don't understand that when you have a building, you have your typical tenants and your typical leases, but the next generation lease is really that 5G. And so how do we do all that? How do we do it tax efficient? Do we do historic tax credits when we buy a building? Do we do new market tax credits? All these credits to bring buildings back to life that people don't take advantage of when we're cleaning up the brownfields and doing those things. So knowing these strategies are important. And a lot of these tax credits that we generate for our real estate clients, maybe they don't need the credit. So then we'll go sell it to the other family office who wants the credit to reduce their tax liability. And so they'll buy it for, say, 50, 60 cents on the dollar. So now they're buying down their tax liability by buying historic tax credit from a family that has it and doesn't need it, right? But they're getting cash now. So I think that's a common tax credit that people don't understand is that you can use real estate to create tax credits. You can sell those tax credits and people can buy down their tax liabilities by buying these credits for 50 to 60 cents on the dollar. That's what we currently see as the market. And listen, the Fortune 500 companies, the public companies, they've been doing this for several, several generations, right? But what we've tried to do is create a generation here where family offices also can take advantage of these tax benefits that come from real estate and ultimately you can use to also buy down your tax liabilities. That's very interesting. I don't think I ever thought of tax credits as something that you can trade. And it's very interesting because I would imagine actually that anyone would actually use or can use a tax credit or a loss unless they're losing on their other businesses. Why would anyone sell a loss that they can use against their other sources of income? Yeah, I mean, this is something that people, I hope they get this from your podcast and great work on your podcast and educating the people out there. But listen, most people don't understand that tax credits are available to everyone, right? And 
like the CPA can do everything they can, right? They can get your tax, your account down to as much as they can. And then they go to you, Ellie, and they say, I can't get it down any further, right? I've done everything I can. What else can we do, right? Well, most people don't understand that there's real estate tax credits out there that people can buy. And the people that are willing to sell them, the market right now ranges between 50 to 60 cents a dollar. So you owe a million dollars of taxes. Your account has done everything. They said, hey, listen, we don't have any more depreciation, no more energy tax credits, no more you know, new market tax credits or anything else associated with real estate. But this client over here has historic tax credits is willing to let you buy down your tax liability for 50 cents on the dollar. Would you do it? Of course, everyone would do it, but no one does it because there's just not that knowledge. Now, I think that the family offices over the next 10 years, maybe this will become more mainstream, but today it just isn't. So hopefully you're helping people out there. Now, the key is you have to buy these tax credits before the 1231 filing date or otherwise, you know, it doesn't count, right? So that's the thing. And really, hopefully CPAs become more aware of this so that they're telling their clients that there's these tax credits out there. And let's talk about tax credits because it could be a historic tax credit. It could be a movie tax credit, right? It could be any type of tax credit. The reason we have tax credits here in the United States is because some government entity wants to stimulate that activity, right? Like down in Miami, we have movie tax credits because why? Miami wants those movies to come down to to their area so that they generate employment, they generate revenue, right? So they're willing to give out a tax credit on movie production, right? But the movie production companies, they want cash to make their movies, right? So they can't use the tax credit, but Miami has invested in them. So it's like, okay, well, who's going to buy the movie tax credit? And that just is the market. But you know, it's tough for the people that have the movie tax credits because the market just really isn't there. People don't understand it. Only the big banks do. And so the big banks sell it to their big corporations, the public companies. And so when you see these stories about people, not big corporations, not paying taxes, it's because they're buying the tax credits. They buy them all up. But what we've tried to do is make sure CPAs are aware so that, you know, the family offices have awareness and have access to them. That's a brilliant idea. And I think you're absolutely right that a lot of investors in some family offices, probably not as much as, you know, one might think, but there's some investors out there that are unaware of it, or even if they're aware of it, they are unsure of how to get those tax credits. What would be your advice on how to basically get an opportunity to purchase one? Yeah, I mean, that's really the education process. I think when you have your account and your trusted CPA, you really got to push them, right? Because they're really being reactive, right? They're telling you to come in in January and February to start that tax return process. But by then it's too late, right? Because the things that you have to do to reduce your tax liability have to be done by the end of the year and they won't carry over, right? So you have to push your CPA firm. You have to do your research, right? So you can buy a tax credit and you can buy that tax liability down. Or, you know, a lot of times we do solar projects. So, you know, say a Walmart, they want solar on the rooftop, right? So they have a building owner and they want to reduce their energy spend. They want to be good, you know, to the earth, right? They want to be carbon reductions. And so we'll go in and we'll buy the solar, right? For a million dollars. But with solar, you get a 20% tax credit. So, and you also get to expense the entire amount 
day one. So we'll put the solar up there. We'll get, a, you know, if it's a million dollars, we'll get $260,000 in tax credits, $740,000 in tax deductions. And then Walmart, A plus tenant, is paying us a five-year lease to pay back and give us a 10% return on the capital. But what we did, we reduced our taxes by a million dollars. We're not out. We get all that money paid back plus 8%. And Walmart, you know, is reducing carbon. So those are the type of things. So you can do credits, you know, you'll see the credits in alternative energy, whether that's mm-hmm. solar, you'll see it in wind. And of course, you'll see it in other things like movies and things like that. But how do you find it? Well, that's, I mean, that's the tough question because, you know, for 20 years, it's only been the big corporations and the big banks. So, you know, we got to do it through our education. Absolutely. And without maybe getting too much into politics, you know, a lot of things have changed in the past several months when it comes to the tax credits and the ability to actually get the best, maybe not tax advice, but the tax strategy out there because there have been some changes when it comes to the administration. What is the biggest change to date when it comes to tax strategies and tax tactics that you paid attention to the most since the last shift in administration? Yeah, so we're getting the $2 million pandemic bill done right now. That'll be probably passed in the next couple of weeks. And then in October, they'll do the overall tax reform. And so what we can expect in tax reform is obviously we have a huge deficit. So how are they going to make that deficit up? Well, they're going to increase the taxes for business corporations and individuals. And they're going to also raise the taxes that we pay in our wages through social security Mm. tax increases, health through bringing back Obamacare. And so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be significant taxes. And then we're going to have tax loopholes cut, right? They want to get rid of the 1031, which is big in the real estate world, right? They want to eliminate that. They want to bring the short and long-term gains rates up to ordinary income. So those will go up and ultimately bring up ordinary income tax rates. So you have to be prepared. We know that that's coming. We know that in October, they're going to start that bill. By the end of the year, they'll have that bill passed. And then it'll be, you know, going forward. So, you know, as a family office, you just have to know that taxes can be reduced. How are we going to reduce those taxes, right? We're going to buy buildings. We're going to use that accelerated depreciation through Mm -hmm. a cost segregation study to bring down our tax liability. And if we don't have any depreciation, maybe we're going to go buy a tax credit and bring it down as well so that our effective tax rate is going to be low. Listen, this is what family offices have been doing forever. And listen, maybe one of the things you have to do more importantly than anything is move where you live. Because if you're in New York, if you're in Rhode Island, Connecticut, Illinois, California, you're already paying 15% more tax than the people in Florida, Texas, South Dakota, right? Wyoming. Right, right. It's definitely a consideration. And I know there's a lot of family offices and retired investors that are looking into moving out of their current state for the state that will allow them to keep, you know, the largest amount of wealth. And they're thinking about the next generation. And this is right now a very hot topic. I've been reading, there was a recent research actually about family offices. And right now, there's a lot going on when it comes to shifting the management from, you know, second to third or from third to fourth generation. Really interesting report because it shows how the focus has shifted. A lot more family members are not that interested in actually managing the family office and they want to take parts of more philanthropic initiatives and do other things. 
But I think it's really interesting to understand how, you know, this timing when it comes to the new, you know, just the, the Biden administration and how that's going to impact things. So we already see in the market a lot more capital chasing deals. Cap rates have compressed significantly. And I think what you've described where family offices and high net worth individuals understand that the tax is basically, you know, the tax burden is going to increase significantly, then there's going to be a lot more movement of capital towards real estate as a way to shelter you know, their wealth. And it's probably going to put a lot more strain on real estate in terms of, you know, cap rates might compress even further, which means that, you know, the more expensive the buildings are, the more owners would want to raise rents. That would be my assumption. So the people in the bottom, you know, the middle class and the working class, they're going to feel that burden because, you know, if, if you have to shelter your money right now and park it somewhere and cap rates are not as great as they were, you know, a year or three months ago, because everyone wants to put the money somewhere, otherwise they'll get taxed or do a 1031 exchange before it disappears, then you'll have to have a reasonable cash flow. And to get that, you'll have to push the income and, you know, maybe cut some expenses. But the people, you know, in the bottom are, are going to feel that the renters are going to definitely feel that. That's my hypothesis. So in sharing that with everyone, lock in your leases now, right? Lock in those yeah. rates for you know, two to three yeah. years. I would do it now. And if you're buying buildings, I would do it now as well because you're right, as that compression comes, it's going to be more difficult. Debt may get more expensive. 1031 loopholes yeah. you know, will be gone. So I think being proactive, looking for those opportunities. And if I were a renter, you know, I would look to lock in leases now as they're still at a lower rate than what would happen, you know, come that tax change. Absolutely. Julio, thank you so much for your time today. We're right now at the last part of the podcast recording today, and this is the lightning round question. So five quick questions that I ask all my guests. The first one is, what's your favorite hobby when you're not strategizing and helping the family office and save on taxes? Yeah, it's really finding real estate. You know, it's a, a passion to find properties and bring value to them, bring them back to their historic value. So it's something that's a passion for me. Yeah, absolutely. And Julia, what's your number one advice? And maybe you've touched on it earlier for high net worth individuals and family offices that want to scale and grow their portfolio, their real estate portfolio in 2021? Well, I think, you know, I think you're right. I think doing it now is critical. We still have low debt. We still have opportunity in the markets and investing that capital right now as we have low debt as that before that debt goes up, I think would be being proactive. Absolutely. I definitely share that advice. Julio, thank you so much for your time today. If family offices or high net worth individuals would like to reach out to you, where can they find you? Yeah, so our website is engineeredtaxservices.com. And again, we're out there working with several thousand CPA firms across the country and their accountants to help high net worth family offices be tax efficient and preserve wealth and pass that wealth on for generations. So hopefully we can be helpful. You know, our website has plenty of tips on it to preserve wealth and to take ideas back to your CPA. And you have to be proactive with your CPA. You have to push them. Otherwise, you'll 
lose wealth. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for your time and being on the show today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. And for the listeners, I hope that you took some good notes because I definitely did. And, you know, make sure that you're strategizing and you're maximizing the amount of, of tax savings that you can capture the sooner the better. Be bold, guys. Be great. Keep moving forward. And I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.